Aloha, and welcome to My Mana'o. This is Joy Galatro, a volunteer with Mana'o Radio, 91.7 FM, KMNO, Maui's only non-commercial, independent radio station run 100% by volunteers. My Mana'o is a series of interviews with the amazing DJs, all volunteers, of Mana'o Radio. It's a deep dive into the people behind the music, the eclectic music that beams out of this incredible little radio station in Wailuku Town, Maui. Today, we're kicking off our first episode of 2022, which marks the 20th anniversary of Mana'o Radio. In this episode, we're honored to talk story with a very special guest, Kathy Collins, who created Mana'o Radio two decades ago. So listen in and enjoy this walk down Mana'o Radio memory lane as Kathy shares her Mana'o about the power of community radio, her love of music since childhood, and her many, many fond memories of starting this station and the early years of KMNO. Okay, aloha everyone. Uh, this is Joy, a volunteer with Mana'o Radio, and we have a very special guest today. We are honored to be able to speak with Kathy Collins. If you're in Maui, uh, you know Kathy is a multi-talented entertainer, radio personality, gosh, who's been on the Maui scene for over four decades. She is just such an easily recognizable voice and a creative energy powerhouse that's just such part of the fabric here in Maui, um, whether it's on the airwaves, on stage, in print. She's an actress, a comedian, a storyteller, a writer, a popular MC. We're just talking about events coming back. Um, so she will be out there again. But we're talking with her today because Kathy and her late husband, Barry Shannon, are the founders of Mana'o Radio. And that happened 20 years ago this month. So, Kathy, wow. Welcome. Mahalo. Wow. <laughs> what <laughs> Thank an you for intro. Taking the time. <laughs> I'm humbled and honored. Thank you, Joy. Thanks for thanks for having me. Well, it's it's our pleasure, really. And and when I say 20th anniversary, how does that make you feel that this little radio station <laughs> you start started in Wailuku Town tw- two decades ago is now celebrating its 20th birthday? Uh, makes me feel old. I can't believe <laughs> how quickly the time goes. And as as you say, you know, we went on the air 20 years ago. But the seeds of Mana'o Radio began, you know, well before that. Um I guess I'll just jump right in and uh, and give you the prehistory. <laughs> um, Barry Shannon and I both started working in commercial radio as teenagers. I think Barry got his first job at 16. I started at 17 and um, we met in radio at um, one of the Maui stations. We were put together as a, a morning show and um, by that time, we had both had uh, he Barry was 17 years older than I was, and he started in radio. He's, he had quite a resume, but he started in uh, the, the 60s. And my first job was in 75 at KMVI Radio. Anyway, so it was 1984, I think, that uh, we were introduced to each other and thrown on the air together. And found that we, you know, we had a lot in common. Um, after that station, which is no longer around, we um, we developed, a, you know, a personal relationship as well, and uh, started working at um, Pacific 
media group. That's what they call it now. Back then, it was just Kanui Radio. And um, we were there for a couple of years, I guess. But we would spend our off time dreaming about having our own radio station, you know, without the... Um, without the restrictions of um, strict formatting and having to appease advertisers and so forth and dealing with um, clueless uh, managers and ownership and and both of us saying, oh, wouldn't it be great to have our own radio station? It wouldn't even have to be a, a, a big one, just a little AM, just so we could have fun doing what we enjoy doing, which is... Um, uh, communicating together on the radio and playing uh, playing a nice variety of music. So, so that didn't that exist. You know, that was really the 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 state of radio on Maui before Manao Radio is just you know that same song everywhere you go type of thing, right? Well, as it was pretty much across the nation, you know, and um, it was in President Clinton's administration that um, they announced. They would the FCC would be opening up uh, the low power FM initiative and Barry being a real geek. He had his uh, first class engineer's license from um, the age of 14 or 15, I think. Uh, so he kept an eye on it. And when the FCC opened up the window for applications for our geographic area, uh, Barry was right on it. We had already formed our nonprofit um, organization because there were a number of, of rules, but Low Power FM was created to give folks like us and um, nonprofit organizations and, and schools and churches, uh, other community-based entities to have um, an avenue for broadcast. Um, because, you know, after the uh, deregulation um, in the Bush administration, the first Bush administration, you know, radio just became so, oh, I, I don't want to get too negative, <laughs> but since Barry and I had both started radio long ago when, you know, um, the idea of community service was really taken seriously, it was really distressing to watch the way uh Corporate, corporate America just took over the airwaves. And that's when you had all these super um, station groups. And uh, like Barry always used to say, you know, it's it's become a sausage factory. Mm -hmm. um, radio stations were no longer owned by people who had a passion to serve the community or to um, present uh, programming that they felt was valuable. It was just uh, another way to make money. And uh, and so with low power FM, you know, somebody in the at the federal level recognized this problem happening all over America. So we were the 13th applicant in the nation to get our wow. license wow. Um, because he was ready as soon as they said, all right, at 6 a.m. on this date, you may proceed uh, with your applications. So because, like I say, he, he was an engineer, the, the technical part of the app was no problem. We received help from um, friends in the nonprofit arena who were able to um, advise us on how to go about forming our, our corporation. 
And um, and we did. We got our license. Oh, gosh. So it was in 2001, really exact date. But that's when the window had opened up and we were ready and we filed and were able to get a couple of um, investors uh-huh. <laughs> at, a, at a really low level. And he was able to find some used equipment here and there. Yeah. And um, on March 11th, 2002, we we went on the air at 6 a.m. from my my son's bedroom. Wow, wow. <laughs> my, so from my a teenage dream. son had moved out. And uh, yeah, we, I remember we had um, we had a team of, I think, five five volunteers came and helped us put the uh, antenna up on our roof and um oh my gosh yeah gosh, it was a Kathy. real bare bones little operation and uh, but you did it you know you had a dream and you took action on the dream and 20 years later here's the station it's you know, still, till, going. still doing that it's what are some amazing. of your early memories of of you know the early days of the station who were some of the djs that come to mind and how would you describe banao radio then as it compares to now Um, You know, when we went on, when we first went on the air and before, Barry and I just envisioned this little fun station that would be based in our house. And maybe we'd have a couple hundred people listening. This was low power. So we knew our signal wasn't even going to reach all around the island. But we figured, you know, it was an avenue for us to get our creative juices out and flowing. So, um, Kirk Hamilton was our first morning man, but I got to do the actual sign-on. I got to be the very first voice heard over, um, and at that time it was 91.5 FM. And um, and then Kirk did mornings, 6 to 10. Bill Best did middays, 10 to 2. Barry and I split up the afternoons. Um, he'd be on from 2 to 5, and I was on from 5 to 8. And uh, and Daryl Scott, I think, was our first evening announcer. And uh, and we went off the air at midnight because we really didn't want to have to be having somebody in yeah. our house. Right. All <laughs> the sleep time. in between all of that. Yeah. And I remember Kirk Hamilton used to joke about how I'd come and open the door for him at, at a quarter to six in my little red bathrobe. And then I'd stumble back into bed and he'd go on the air. You know, our original intent was to present a station that um, was unlike any other. Um, our whole concept for it was to have an eclectic mix, not just of musical genre, but also to blend in spoken word, just as you would songs, whether it be comedy bits, poetry, prose, excerpts from great um, oratory, uh, interviews. We just envisioned this whole mix. And at the time, we thought, well, you know, that was another reason we didn't think we'd have very many listeners because folks are so conditioned to tuning into, well, I like country music, so I listen to this station. Right. Um, or even day parts that way. Barry used to talk about, we're not going to have a, a ghettoized station, you know, where you've got 
this show only plays this music and then the next few hours is going to be rock and then you'll have Hawaiian music. Our whole idea was that we would have, and this is why we started off with all radio dinosaurs, we called them. We gathered up our, our first board of directors was basically folks that had worked in Maui radio, like Bill, Scott Shirley, um, you know, we had Michael McCartney, um, all of these guys that most of them were already off the air. I think only Mike was still on the air um, and, and talk to them. We'd meet in our living room and talk over poo-poos and beer about, um, oh, this is going to be great. You're not limited to anything, any kind of format. It just has to flow. That was the main thing. And so we envisioned, you know, whatever time of day you turned on the radio, you wouldn't know what you were going to hear, but hopefully you'd like it enough to stick with it. And as I always used to say on the air, if you don't like it, go ahead, turn it off, turn the dial, go someplace else, but do come back because when you do, it'll be different. That's yep. the one thing we can guarantee you. Well, we discovered after um, a while that not only was... Um, maybe the audience wasn't quite ready or even wanting something that eclectic and free form. I mean, this was like beyond free form, <laughs> but even our um, personnel and Barry and myself included would gravitate toward playing what they knew or what they liked. And uh, because people would joke, oh, you knew when Barry was on, because you'd either hear the Grateful Dead, Miles Davis, or, you know, <laughs> so um, I think Bill Best's show did and still does Bill, reflect yeah. what our original vision was to have a truly eclectic sound. Um, Barry used to get on me, too, because I had... I had envisioned going out and and recording a bunch of on the street interviews, um, not the typical men on the street. Well, the question of the day is, but you know how Maui is. There's so many people that we think we know because we see them all the time, but we may not have ever talked to them. I mean, I wanted to talk to the guy with the matted hair that you'd see sitting in Wailuku's stream bathing himself and the guy with the funny hats that was always walking yeah. up and down Beach Road and and just, you know, talk to them and get their stories as as well as um, as well as, you know, public figures. But, um, yeah, that was our original intent. But we found it was, it, you know, it just organically evolved into uh, what you got now and the focus on live music became mm -hmm. such a big part of it. Um, I, what didn't take very long before our volunteers on air were saying, oh, I'm not worried. It's all about the music. But really, our original intent was, and this is why we picked the name Mana'u. Mana'u means thought, opinion, knowledge. And our, our vision was to share Mana'u, not just through music, but in um, in all forms of um, audio, you know? and then you you fast forward and uh, you know listen in on Manao Radio today. 
how does that make you feel about what the station is doing for the community and why is a, a commercial free independent radio station um, so important for the community to have? Well, it goes back to what radio was when it began a, a connection for the community. It's like, a, um, it's, it's like the old uh, town square where you can get your information and um, and get to know people and be entertained um, but it's based in your community uh, you know ever since i started in radio as a teenager people have been saying you know radio's dying but it but it hasn't you know because right. i strongly think feel that there's always going to be a place for something that is community-based and, and you know commercial radio could serve that purpose as well it's just that it's most of them don't because it's so much easier to get your programming satellited in and and to just end because for so many radio stations it's all about making the money and and you know, yeah, some of, some of the DJs, I've heard them say, MNR Radio, you know, we do it for the love, you know? And Michael yes. always says, oh, we'll give you a, a, a raise three times your salary. <laughs> well, okay, as a volunteer. But, you know, you really can feel the love behind the shows at Manawa Radio as a listener and a, a great fan myself of the station. Um, proud to be an underwriter, too, of the station. It is palpable when you tune in to any DJ at any time on the station. They have such a love of music. They like geek out with the music and are so mm -hmm. excited to share what they've discovered. And like you said, a flow, um, really putting it together. It's what they want to share and then putting it together in a way that really has meaning and purpose. And, and again, it goes back to you started, you had that vision and it still is in place 20 years later. It is, as you know, as, as I say, it, it's evolved into something a little different from our original vision, but it's still so valuable. Um, and not just for the volunteers who get to come and share their love, but for the listeners who are then exposed to that passion and having their eyes opened to different types of music. That was one of the most rewarding things for us. Um, I remember one listener telling us, gosh, this is the first time, you know, my son and I have been doing a lot of home improvement work and we're out there on the roof working together, my teenage son and I, and this is the first time we've been able to listen to a radio station <laughs> that we can both enjoy. My son's learning wow. about music, big band wow. music and and gaining an appreciation for it i thought oh that's really that's sweet that's really cool what uh, is it about music you know the power of music in our lives can you share what music means to you and why do you think it is so central and so important what is it about music well Live you know it's um it feeds the soul it's a universal language um when i was a child my father taught me to read when I was two years old. And as far back as I can remember, he always would tell me, these are the greatest gifts I can give you as a parent, teaching you to read and nurturing a love for music. Because those are the two gifts that once you've received them, no one can ever take them away from you. 
you know, and um, my dad was not a trained musician. He wasn't even a particularly good one. But every single night, he and my mother would get out their ukulele, and he was self-taught. He played by ear, and they would sing to me and um, and to each other, you know. Um, whenever it when it anything to do with music, he was happy to uh, facilitate for me. So I started playing in band when I was in the fifth grade. If there was an instrument I wanted to learn, he would buy it for me. Um, they never, ever yelled at me to turn down the radio or the stereo, um, no matter what I was listening to. And in fact, he would, uh, if he had the time, he'd sit and listen with me. I remember, I remember my dad, I, uh, I had the Woodstock um, album and, and he heard Jimi Hendrix doing the Star Spangled Banner. And I thought, okay, my dad's really not going to like this. And he was so impressed. He said, wow, you can hear the bombs bursting in midair. You can see it through this guy's guitar. This is amazing. And, you know, and this is my dad, a second generation Japanese American, not conservative in the political sense, but, you know, he's an Asian American, right? Um, he was a dentist. <laughs> he grew up on Maui in the in haiku, uh, but you know I could see how his mind was very open to to listening. You know, he never ever said, "Oh, that's a bunch of junk." He might say, "Well, I don't really care for that," but you know, yeah. But Gosh, it's just his music. Music just, and it's, it's, it's a, as an art form, you know, it just to be appreciated. Like you said, there's the opportunity to, to, I know that's in the bones of Mana'o Radio, that there is this ability to turn on the station at any time and you don't know what you're going to get. And you are exposed to musical genres and new artists that you wouldn't hear on the popular radio, you know, commercial radio. Yes, um, and absolutely. that's, that's so important, isn't it? And, you know, when we went on the air, um, Back in 2002, the only classic rock station had just changed formats. So there was country, there was top 40, you know, um, but nobody was playing real classic rock. So naturally, all of us being of that age, we enjoyed playing a lot of that. And I think that drew in a bunch of listeners at first. Um, but then also, that was the other thing, our... Our um, intent was to serve an older segment of the community, folks our age. Um, so we didn't want to do a lot of, well, we may present some hip hop and, uh, and um, you know, other newer music, alternative music. What we really wanted to do was have a station that catered to the tastes, the needs, and the desires of 40 plus, you know, older folks. I think the way we phrased it in our mission statement was um, to um, inform, entertain, and educate the Maui community with special emphasis on older adults. And at that time, of course, we had, as I said, envisioned a lot more public affairs type thing, interviews and um, 
um, a, a more more spoken word, not news, because I came from a, a broadcast news background, mm-hmm. and I knew that we didn't have the facilities or the resources to really be a good um, news station, and so I did not want to do it halfway. Right, and so we never we never tried to have a news department where we go out and report but public affairs is something else discussions of current affairs and um, uh, things like that yeah um and then the way that the live music came about barry loved um you know the oz in new orleans and the way that they were uh they broadcast a lot of live in studio music and when we when we moved out of, well, actually, we'd been to several homes, but um, the location where Mana'o was for a number of years, it uh, we just lucked into it. There was, um, it was in the industrial area, and uh, these guys had come in. They were going to build this really super-duper recording studio. Uh, the word was that it was with cocaine money. These guys came in and dropped up bundle on turning this little industrial unit it was upstairs and downstairs into the most awesome recording studio um they built a room within a room within a room the walls were super thick and there were no right angles the corners were just slightly off so acoustically it was amazing and they had built they had already put in all their wiring and everything. So it was like a downstairs recording studio with the control booth upstairs. And most of that was already in place. And then because it was illicitly (laughs) gotten money, (laughs) these guys just skipped down one night. And um, you know how Maui is. If you know somebody who knows somebody, you hear about it. And we heard, wow, there's this space available that is like 80% built out as a, 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 an awesome sound studio. And so we went to take a look and we snapped it up. And um, so then we had this, this great facility to not just record, but um, present live music. And that became a real thing. We had the uh, Sunday afternoons and then whenever else. And then the other thing about being um, not having the restrictions that commercial radio does where, you know, you've got to break every so many minutes to do your commercials and and you don't want to be talking for more than three minutes at a time. Well, we weren't bound by any of that. So we could do interviews with artists, visiting artists and local artists, and we could talk for two hours if we wanted. And they'd bring their instruments and the interview would really be just a, yeah, it was great. That's fantastic. That's really part of the fabric of the station to this day. I know just, especially during the pandemic where, you know, live musicians and venues around town, around the state, everywhere uh, really took a a punch in the gut um, and had to close. And I know it's just been so thrilling to be able to see live music come back and the stations really found ways, you know, through Mana'o at Home. Um, with the Facebook concerts, just being able to bring opportunities uh, to life uh, through the station, because there is still this, like, let's try this attitude. 
um, with yes. the station. We can do this and let's really take care of each other and really support live music and music of all genres, all types, um, which is so special. It really is something that um, uh, is so unique to Manawa Radio in today's radio landscape. Can't do that everywhere else. No, you can't. It's um, And, and I, I think that is... Um, it's very much appreciated by the community. I still have people coming up and saying thank you. And I haven't been involved with the operations for years now, but um, but folks still come and say, oh, thank you to you and Barry and, you know, all of that. Yeah. It's so funny to realize that it's 20 years. Because, uh, as you know, Barry passed away um, Gosh, we had just done the fifth birthday bash at Charlie's and we left a few days after that. I had a couple of storytelling gigs in Arizona and um, off we went and he fell ill. And uh, uh, within a month after the anniversary, um, he had passed. But that night at the party and for like a, a year or two before then, He'd been telling me, you know, this has been great. Never thought we'd last five years, but I'm getting, you know, I'm good for maybe another five. And then if the station's still around, we need to pass it off on somebody because I want to retire. I want to enjoy life. I want to travel. And so, um, yeah, so he retired a lot sooner than he had Aww. expected to. Right, right. But, um, yeah, neither of us ever envisioned that the station would still be on the air 20 years after that first day we went on the air, you know. Gosh, again, <laughs> just such a vision um, to be able to to dream it and do it. And that is special in and of itself. And, Kathy, what... What give me a memory or two of just God, so many years of being involved in the station and being able to have just such, you know, freedom to express your love of music by sharing music. Um, all of the all of the DJs doing this. What memories come to mind? What artists did you meet throughout your time there? What are some of your cherished memories of Manao Radio in in the the years that you were really involved in it? Oh gosh, there were a lot. Well. In the very beginning, you know, Barry and I just, it was, we never, we never had the lofty goal of creating something for Maui or the world. It was more like, we want to play radio our way and we're going to do this. And we figured, okay, you know, if we're lucky, we'll be able to do this for a couple of years, we'll get our friends who also love radio and, and we can have fun doing this. And we were so surprised at how quickly and how widespread um, Manao fandom became. And I remember um, we went to Paia Fish Market one day for lunch and, and people were actually stopping us on the streets and going, you guys, you guys are that new radio station. And Barry, <laughs> Barry was kind of a curmudgeon and it just, it, took him aback. We, we were so surprised. And, um, and then to have folks, you know, offering to, to help underwrite the station, because uh, neither of us are, are really good business people. <laughs> so, 
I've worked with a lot of nonprofits. I, I did radio sales for a while um, when I was working in commercial radio, but I'm not a closer. You know, I love to meet people. And and if there's a cause, you know, I can I can talk about supporting it. But I had such trouble actually asking people for money to support it, even though <laughs> even if it's a cause that I so, you know, truly believe in and have a passion for. Right. Uh, so having people ask us, what can I do? Um, you know, can I can I be a supporter? It was like, wow, that was great. Um who was the famous you know, art, favorite artist? Most what artist were you just thrilled to meet through your time at the station? Oh. <laughs> you know, because of the way that we did our interviews, and Barry didn't enjoy interviewing, so I got to do all of the interviews. And um, the Maui Arts and Cultural Center uh, became a, a great partner with us um, because uh, whenever the the Mac would present artists they they would often ask them to do an outreach program. It was a little tougher with the mainland acts coming in because they're usually, usually only here for a little while. But mm -hmm. Cecilio and Capono coming to do their uh, reunion concert was because, uh, you know, that was the music of my teen years. And um, the first time that Art Vento brought CNK in, I was like just a, <laughs> like a little <laughs> fan girl. I mean, to have C and K in the room with me, I had my own private concert, and I could say, "Oh, can you play this?" And then they just, you know, and Barry recorded all of the the live um, interviews and concerts that we did, and so I've got CDs. <laughs> Every time, and they were only supposed to stay an hour, and they ended up staying, I think, I know it was over two hours, wow. um, just talking and playing music, nice. and it was like my very own CNK concert, just for me. And so, and then they started doing an annual thing, and each year they would come, and um, Art figured out, he would, okay, so... CNK always visited at least one school. They always went to the Homeless Resource Center and either the um, MCCC or, or the BEST program, which was for inmates that were, you know, transitioning mm -hmm. out. They always, or an Aloha House, they always did three or four community meet and greets and mini concerts. And Art figured out, okay, we're going to schedule Manao the last stop of the day. And so he'd drop them off. They'd come in and, and plug in their guitars and Art would go run across the street to a sack and save and pick up a, a gallon of a half gallon of orange juice for Henry and a bottle of wine for C and uh, <laughs> plastic <laughs> cups. And, and he'd come back and, and, We'd just have Pauhana time session. for a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, but and, uh, Jake was another wonderful. And at the time, Vince was Vince Esquire was our youngest DJ, youngest volunteer. And um, so he knew that um, 
Jake was going to be coming in for an interview. So he was upstairs in the control booth with uh, Uncle Don Lopez and uh, and Barry. And then we were able to ask Jake if he wouldn't mind meeting and maybe even jamming with uh, with Vince. And uh, and they did. And oh, gosh, that I, I have that recording still, too. Oh, they good. they played, I think, three songs together. And um, mm. it was a thrill for both of them. They, they both really enjoyed, and their relationship has continued. Vince um, with Kanekoa. Uh, was able to uh, have uh, Jake guest on their uh, their brand new release, um, songs wow. from the Great Disruption, and the two of them. Oh my gosh, it's an amazing version of going to California uh, with Vince and Jake trading off um, solos. It's just oh, the magic yeah. of music and just being a part um, of that. So many yes. great memories, I bet, were just um, barely scraping the surface. One of my favorites was when we had the uh, Rebirth Blues Band straight off the plane from New Orleans. They came directly to the station. It was on a Sunday night and literally straight from the airport they came and it was a seven-piece brass band with the bass drum, a tuba, <laughs> all of them jammed into this tiny studio, um, our downstairs music studio. <laughs> so much fun. Somebody ran out to get uh, hot dogs and beer, I think, for them. And um, <laughs> oh, my gosh, they only played, I think, three songs. But what fun we had. And, oh, my uh, gosh, I bet. Yeah, talking story with those guys. And of course, those guys had been on the OZ a bunch of times. And, and they just had a ball. Another time that the place was so packed you could barely move, we had this, um, I think it was a five-piece marimba band, including this huge bass marimba that they had built with PVC pipes. And the guy had to stand on like a, a two-foot stool or box in order to play it. And his mallets were hitting the ceiling. And But, oh, my gosh, the sound and just the feeling of being there in the room with them uh, was amazing. The oh. only one that we did at the station that we couldn't fit into the studio was when we had Zenshin Daiko. And we had like two dozen youth Taiko players. We set them up in the parking lot. We went around to our neighbors in the industrial complex, warning them that on Sunday, we're going to have this Taiko youth taiko performance so i hope you don't mind and that was amazing it was quite an engineering feat for barry to hook up the microphones and everything um from the parking lot and run it into the station but oh, we did fantastic. and that was marvelous yeah oh my gosh <laughs> again not what you would find on the radio uh the other radio stations for sure yeah, that's true that's what true. is your dream so you had the dream kathy it was you know you and barry just imagining what if and you made the what if a reality think about the next 20 years as just one of the co-founders what what would you like to see Manao Radio become? Or in 20 years from today, what would be the dream that you have for the station? You know, because I kind of feel like a mom who's um, who's watched, you know, her baby sprout wings and go, except in this case, I'm the one that 
that flew off <laughs> and left the nest. Um, and I think as like any any mom or parent would feel, I don't have a specific dream or desire that I want for my baby other than for it to flourish and and find its own happiness you know which which it has already and i i just hope that 20 years from now there is still a manao radio serving the community and um doing whatever its passion is wherever its focus goes if it continues to be what it is today that would be awesome if it just continues to do um, to continue on this track if it veers off into a different direction if it becomes talk radio that's fine with me as long as it's still an important part of our community you know i'm a maui girl um i really feel that this is a very special place um for a number of reasons and in a number of ways and maui is special to folks who live here for different reasons. Everybody has their own reason for loving um, existing on Maui. Um, I hope that Manao is able to serve the community in that way. I hope that Manao continues to be one of the special things about this special place. Oh, well it is. And I, I share your dream and hope for Manao to go forward in that way. Uh, but we all, again, just owe you a tremendous um, feeling of gratitude. Just thank you for getting this station started 20 years ago and just supporting it, you know, behind the scenes since then, actively involved and just being a fan of the station these days. And um, thank you. Thank you from all of us um, at Manao Radio today for creating this incredible radio station out of Wailuku Town. No, oh, well, I thank you for that joy, but I have to say it, uh, <laughs> it just, it, it makes me feel a little bit um, sheepish, I guess. Guilty isn't quite the word because, you know, it wasn't, we, it wasn't begun with this altruistic vision. It was just, <laughs> my husband and I just want to have fun. You know? That's okay. That is <laughs> so okay. It's so funny to, uh, it really it, it's it's overwhelming and um i i sincerely appreciate the gratitude that you and so many others have shown i just feel like i'm you know i'm not worthy i'm not worthy oh um, you're worthy I, we, oh, thank we you. love you for thank for getting the station started so and thank you for your time today we so appreciate being able to to talk story with you um, again, this is Kathy Collins, Kathy Collins, co-founder of Manao Radio, and uh, we appreciate you sharing your Manao with us. I appreciate the opportunity. Happy birthday to us. This has been My Manao, a podcast brought to you by Manao Radio, 91.7 FM, KMNO, based on the beautiful island of Maui, Hawaii. In Hawaiian, sharing your mana'o means to exchange thoughts, ideas, feelings, and expertise. Tune in next time as our DJs, volunteers, and other special guests share their mana'o about all things music. 
If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on social media at Mana'o Radio. Mahalo. <laughs>